Welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast, a resource created by Lighthouse Family Retreat to strengthen families living through childhood cancer. You'll hear stories from families, educational information on childhood cancer, and most importantly, we will be there to encourage your family during your journey. Well, happy Thanksgiving. I know. Wow. It is here. I can't tell you how excited I am for Thursday. This was the fastest year ever, I think, for sure. Um, And I'm loving that my Thanksgiving meal is just a few days away. Mm -hmm. How about you? What's your favorite? um, So favorite is just Thursday. I just, I love, I just love community and we don't host often uh, and we're hosting this oh, year, yeah, in-laws. Big pre- oh, in-laws. wow, no pressure um, there. Yeah, no pressure at all. <laughs> um, so hosting in-laws, and so we get to cook and prepare and have everybody over, and we've got the whole map of the week laid out, you know, all the things we're doing, and, you know, so, so much fun. So, yeah, I just, I, I love, love this week. you're throwing some logistics into Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, I just, I love this week, um, not only because it's Thanksgiving, but it's, it's just, it's like the precursor to the most fun. Yeah. Right. Because we know what comes right after Because we know what comes right after. Uh huh. That's right. But let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Right. We still have Thanksgiving and we have a lot to be thankful for this year for sure. And I think obviously living through and coming out of a pandemic really highlights a lot of what's most important. Yeah, I um, I just so love and I'm so grateful for our Lighthouse family and our Lighthouse community. Um, in fact, the families that we served on retreats this year should be getting a gift from us this week, which is our Advent calendar, which starts Sunday. We get to kick that off, which is really exciting. I know, it's always fun to get a little surprise yeah. in the mail. And I love that we're able to give our Lighthouse families those calendars and just remind them that, hey, we're thinking about you this season and you guys are the reason that we do what we do. So really excited they're going to get to open that. And the Advent is a great way to start off what should be a season about slowing down a bit and just kind of getting a chance to be grateful for what you have. And today we are really grateful to talk to a mom that is part of our Lighthouse family. Mm-hmm. Chase Kelly is from Tallahassee, Florida. She's mom to Theo, who's nine, and Anna, who's five. Um, and she was really great to sit down with us and talk about Theo's diagnosis and treatment. And she also shared with us some of the things she wished she had known when Theo first got diagnosed. Yeah. I think everyone will benefit from hearing her story, but in particular, um, those of you who might be new to this childhood cancer world. So let's listen into her story. Chase, thanks for making time um, to hang out with us a little bit this morning. Let's go back to the very beginning. What was going on with Theo that started your whole journey? Theo started kindergarten in 2018, and he had all his normal checkups and had all of his milestones on time. He even had a normal eye test with his class at school and they did routine student testing. Um, He was doing great. He learned to read over Christmas break. He had a birthday party with the whole class at Pump It Up. And later that week we had a family birthday celebration. And when we got home, his left eye literally rolled up into his eyelid and it was just wondering and for a few minutes until it corrected itself. Um, I got him into his pediatrician immediately. Um, and his pediatrician said, um, this isn't good. Um, Theo was scheduled immediately to see a neurology ophthalmologist at Nemours and she immediately sent him for an MRI. Um, and later that day we had his diagnosis of an optic optic nerve glioma, um, which is a brain tumor. How quickly did they get into, okay, here's next steps on treatment. Here's what the next six months are going to look like. What, like, 
what was the process of communication and for you understanding of what, what that means and what's coming? Um, in the very beginning in the hospital room, right after the MRI, uh, neurosurgery was called in. Um, and we learned that the tumor was inoperable, um, and that Theo would start chemo for a year. Um, and they immediately put him on a high dose of steroids until they could start chemo. Um, and the prognosis I understood, um, was guarded. Nobody wanted to tell us. Um, I didn't have a good understanding of the longevity, um, of the diagnosis and was under the impression that it was going to disappear with chemo or shrink enough, um, to be removed, or at least that was a possibility. So they never laid out for you like a, like a treatment plan with, you're going to do this step and then this step and then this step. It was just high dose steroids and then some chemo and, and we'd, be that, we'd be done. Like I was thinking like, this is the treatment. This is the end. And I was like, we got this, they got medicine for it. And you know, I didn't have a real clear understanding of just how long we'd be in this and how uh, it's a chronic disease and a chronic diagnosis. So what, what did it actually look like then? Right. They said, Hey, this is, this is what it's going to be. It's, you know, we got, here's all the things. And, but what was it really? Um, it was just like, you know, it was like, Hey, this is the treatment plan. This is the plan he's going to be on. Um, and I'm thinking, okay, this will work. This is the treatment plan. Um, and obviously we found out, um, that it didn't initially his tumor didn't respond to the chemo and we found out, Oh, well, we got to try a different treatment plan <laughs> and different things uh, that we learned further on. Um, we had to switch to about, uh, we, well, we had to switch about eight weeks in. he, he had to switch chemos and, um, Theo gets very, very, very sick on chemo and it's just one after the other. He's been through so many chemos now of just switching. Yeah. How old, remind us again, how old was he when he started all of when all this was happening? Kindergarten. Kindergarten. So five or six, just turned six. Six. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a week out, week of his birthday that we found the diagnosis. And then you also have your daughter then that was about two. Yeah. She was, she was just a little bebop and you know, she didn't know what was going on. She was, she was the bright light in the situation. Yeah. So as you were going from chemo to chemo, and you had told me it before when we talked how sick he gets on pretty much everything, how he just, his body reacts to it. Was there any discussion of other treatment? Was there any discussion? Did they, did they end up doing, trying surgery or radiation or has it just been chemo? So, um, we've had the opportunity to switch to inhibitors, but, um, Theo, we've never had surgery on his, the location is inoperable. So, um, we had the chance to get, uh, to go in and, and get a sample. And, um, I decided well, why risk it? Let's just keep trying different chemos to see if that'd work. Or we could have started the inhibitors blindly, um, and guess, you know, his mutation with the tumor, but I decided let's not try something, um, without knowing exactly his mutation. So he's been on traditional chemos. Um, and it's so hard for him. Like it's hard for him to eat anything. He can't, he can't even suck on ice. He'll be, he gags on ice and it's not like for a few days. It's like for a week 
of him just being sick as a dog. Um, we struggled with having to go to the hospital simply from dehydration and malnutrition. Um, and it became really, really, really hard to get him to go to chemo. Um, one, one day during his doctor's appointments, you know, I had to, I had to literally like, I'm pulling my, my son out the door and into the car. And, and one day during the doctor's appointments, his doctor, you know, Theo had had it. Theo was over it. He was like, I'm done with this. And we're sitting with his doctor and his doctor's like, well, you know, he's like, oh, why do I need this? I'm done. Like, I don't want this. And his doctor was like, well, you know, you have to get it, Theo, for your tumor. And, you know, this is how we're going to stop it. And Theo was like, oh, I would just rather die. <laughs> and it was the worst. Like, I'm sitting there like, oh, no, Theo. Because at the time, he's just angry and upset. He doesn't know. And the doctor is, like, calling in the psychiatrist. And I'm like, no, <laughs> he just needs to leave this office. But, yeah, chemo was incredibly hard for him. How was it for you? Like, how you know, managing chemo, um, you know, him being that, that age and then also having, you know, a two-year-old, like how, how did you manage all of that? Um, I, you just take it one step of a day and you're like in flight mode, right? It's like, you're just going with it and it's something you have to do. And, um, you just, you gotta do what you gotta do. And I just remember, um, trying to make, come up with ways to like, keep state positive to keep it happy. Cause when, I don't know, when times are really, really, really hard like that, you got to find ways to smile. Yeah. 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 I think it, it, it helps you get through it. So you had talked to me, you know, as he's taking chemo and he's getting really sick and how hard it was to get him out the door. And we kind of shared how when they're on steroids and stuff, they, they get really strong and sometimes bigger than their moms. <laughs> Tell us like how, what it was like to be wrestling this child and like who does not want to go in the car and trying to get him in the car to go to a place that, I mean, he knows he's going to end up sick when he gets there, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, it was it was horrible because he knows he's going to be sick as a dog for like a week, like the worst flu of your life. Like this, my son would throw up every like 30 minutes and sometimes it would just be like stomach acid and it would not stop. Like I'd have to be calling the clinic, like, Hey, it's day seven. Like <laughs> we're not getting any fluids down still. Like this is, this is horrible. And, um, you know, just, the, just feeling like there's nothing I can do to make this kid get into that car, like into just, just feeling helpless. Like, well, we have to do it. Like, I remember times I was like, oh, I'm going to hold you <laughs> and we're going to just like, football wrestle <laughs> until we get inside the car <laughs> like we will get there um but my son he, he's he you know from he's always known like exactly what's going on and we've always been very honest with him and he's incredibly smart so he 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 put stuff together and it was it was so hard to get him to just get in the car so you we were talking before we started this podcast about how smart theo really is like he's he's ridiculously smart so have you shared with him like the medical like does he like to know the medical ins and outs of what's going on and the tumor like does he want that kind of knowledge oh yeah he breaks everything down he um He's like, he takes chemistry and physics and he's, he's like above my head on the cellular level. So he probably understands his diagnosis 
a little better than I do, which is hard to believe, but yeah. Yeah. So just to remind everybody, Theo's nine. Right. And you're talking about calculus and physics classes that my high schoolers um, take and, and struggle with a little bit, by the way. Um, That's pretty brilliant um, at his age that, that he's, uh, that he's able to, yeah, to do those things. Yeah, it's it's incredible. It's all on his own too, which I, which I love. He'll be like, um, "I just want to do math. Where's my math book?" And he'll get mad. And I'm like, this child is getting mad. I can't find his math book. <laughs> that is a special kid. I don't it think is. any of my children have ever said, "I just want to do math. Where's my math book?" Yeah, I kind of wish they would. Nor have they, I ever said yeah, that in my whole life. <laughs> Just want to do math today. So um, we talked before about um, anxiety and some things about Theo and how hard it was not only to get him in the car, but then just get him to treatment. Um, And you had some really creative ways. I just was really impressed with your, I mean, you need to put these out there for other parents, but you were dealing with an extreme case. Tell us about some of the things that you had to like create and think up to make Theo's um, office visits go better for all of you? Um, When Theo went back on chemo after a break, I tried to figure out how it was going to be different this time and not the battle (laughs) that we've been fighting. Um, And I was um, Theo's kindergartner. I was room mom in the class. And when I was doing sign-up sheets for parents, I had the idea of doing a chemo mystery guest for Theo um, and getting people to sign up. And it went really, really well. Um, Theo was excited to go to chemo and it got to the point where I was double booking. (laughs) It was, it got to the point where it was ridiculous. Um, at one point we had the Chick-fil-A cow in the room with us. We had, um, some players from the university of Florida men's golf team. Um, we had his teacher's, um, daughter and her boyfriend all in this one little hospital room. Um, and it was, it was, it made it so exciting. He was like, who's going to be there today? I was like, I don't know. We're going to find out. Um, and he had some just like everyone wanted to sign up. It was the coolest thing and it completely changed chemo for us. Like he didn't want to go and this, this kid never wanted to go to like, all right, yeah, let's go. I'm ready. Like, who's it going to be? And I'd be like, well, I don't know. Who's it going to be? And it, um, it was awesome. That's awesome. So he would just have a guest show up and sit with him for his chemo treatment. Yeah. For however long they wanted to come, um, yeah. he would, he would have someone show up and surprise them. Yeah. That's such, I mean, it's a blessing for you guys, but also you got to bless other people that really like wanted to help you and probably were thinking, what can we do to help this family? I remember being like mystery reader for my kids, you know, when they were in elementary school and they get so excited when they realized, oh my gosh, it's my mom that's here reading today. So I think that's the most creative, brilliant thing is to have mystery guests. And hey, it worked, right? You got him in the car. He was excited to go. It worked too well. Um, COVID shut it down, um, but it was a show. It was a show and it, it was one of the best things we've done. That's really cool. I love that. I do too. I yeah. think that's good. So Chris asked this earlier about the early times, but as you can tell, I mean, this has been several years now of this journey. So where is your biggest support network? Like, where do you go? To, I don't know, to talk about all this stuff, to share ideas, to say, I'm struggling with this. Who can help me? Like, who are your people? Um, well, his biggest support first and foremost was his, is his school. Um, they rallied around him and poured so much support our way. 
Um, they had Theo's Thursdays for the school faculty and his class wore his shirts um, that a parent had made. Um, they put We Love Theo signs on the entrance to the school. They held fundraisers. Um, the principal allowed the teachers to come to the hospital during school. Um, so um, they were able to sign up for mystery guests. And um, like the day he was diagnosed, his teachers left class to come into the to come to the hospital. So it was incredibly sweet. Um, and of course, our family and so many friends um, as well. I love that Theo Thursdays. Yeah. I mean, he must have felt like a rock star. Right. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's right up there with Taco Tuesday. <laughs> What did help, when you mentioned your family and friends, what did help look like? What did support look like from them? Well, just almost too many things to count. Our family and friends helped with so much. Um, they helped with, you know, preparing meals and being there for support and mystery guests. And they, you know, showed up for everything. And it, having a support network has been the biggest blessing during this because this, this, um, this diagnosis can be so isolating yeah. with your treatment plan and, you know, your immune system and it, especially for children, um, as well as parents, it is an incredibly isolating diagnosis and having a community around you makes such a difference. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, I'm so glad you had support like that. Um, so what have you learned? Looking back now, it's been a couple of years. Um, you've had some opportunity to kind of learn some different things. And, and is there something you look back that you kind of go, hey, I wish I had known this back in the beginning? Um, well, that it was a chronic diagnosis. It would have been nice to um, be immediately plugged into other parents going through the same thing. I didn't really have a big picture of what it means to have a brain tumor in terms of the longevity. Um, I really didn't have any picture and it would have been so nice to have had that, um, you know, from the start. Yeah. Um, also, um, nutrition, it took us a while to figure out what we needed at the hospital and how to prepare ahead of time for long periods of time, um, for the long periods of time we, we would be there. Um, I wish we could figure it out healthier and more nutrient dense foods for him during chemo and healthier options sooner. Um, cause there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of good options at the hospital and around us. And a lot of the time it was just like, what do you think you could eat? You know, um, and not really like pre-planned, like, oh, we should pack this for the hospital because I, I gained a lot of weight just sitting in the hospital room. Like, what do they have on the menu? <laughs> Um, and it just, it's, it's just, it was just all, it wasn't all that great. And, um, community at first I didn't want to share and I wanted to keep things private and, um, Facebook groups. I wish I knew, uh, right away that they, I wish I knew right away about the Facebook groups because they are a wealth of information. Um, there are, there are children who have the exact diagnoses and parents who are on there and have done it all. Um, they are there to support each other. And I'm incredibly um, thankful for that, you know, because you're able to connect with, an, with someone further along in your journey with the same diagnosis. Um, and, you know, having, having that community um, 
I'm also incredibly thankful um, for Theo's teacher. She immediately went into high gear and recommended that we share it openly because I was more, more reserved about it. Um, but she seemed to naturally understand how important social connections and support is when you find yourself in that situation. Like I said, it, it is incredibly isolating. Go back to nutrition real quick. Was there somebody at the hospital that you could use as a resource or that um, kind of guided you in, you know, what nutrition would be helpful? There probably was. Um, it wasn't all, I, I didn't necessarily, I was just like in the go. I didn't really reach out and Theo wasn't eating too much. So I was, I, you know, was just on flight mode. Um, but there probably is now I've reached into now further into our journey and I've realized how important nutrition is. I've reached out to a oncology nutritionist, um, and wealth of information, just tons of stuff that we could have done and we could have tried. Um, and it's just been, you know, Theo goes and, and he sees her, um, for like detox, um, some plans just to kind of reset his system now that he's done with treatment. Um, and I wish we had been connected to a nutrition oncologist, um, sooner, like way sooner. In the community side, you mentioned some Facebook groups. Uh, how did you get plugged into those? Does it something? So for folks that are listening and are like, yeah, I don't, I'm not plugged in either. Um, how do I do that? Did you just go search them on Facebook? Are you Googling it? Did you ask others in the hospital? Like, how did you find the groups that you're connected to now? So it was, it took me a while to get into the cancer community. Um, cause simply cause I didn't know about it. Um, and we have an organization called the, the J fund, um, where Theo was being treated and they had, um, an event or, um, an event go on. And I remember attending and meeting some of the other moms for the first time. Um, and one of the mom had a, a little boy with the same diagnosis as Theo. Um, and she was like, you need to join the group. She was like, she told me about the Facebook group and she said, this is what you, everyone, it's, it's a wealth of information. Like you have a question about, oh, something weird happened at chemo or this popped up or has anyone else done this before? Um, and then with, within a, a minute, so you have replies to that and it's, it's been amazing. And I would have not known had I not reached out and really went to one of the events um, to meet with those moms. Yeah, that's great. And now you can be one of those moms with right. some of your ideas posting, hey, this happened to me. This is what we tried, like your fabulous mystery guest mm-hmm. idea and help the next generation of that's moms. Right. Absolutely. So you mentioned, Theo, how is he doing right now? Where are you guys right now? You mentioned off treatment. What does that look like for him right now? Um, so right now it is the best. Um, you know, he just had his six month MRI and it came back still in remission. So it's still shrinking six months off of treatment and he's been on treatment since kindergarten until like this summer, right before we came to the lighthouse retreat, he ended treatment. So, um, he's doing great. He's like no medication right now. Um, no, nothing like he is the, we've, we've been celebrating so much. He's just doing fabulous and he's caught up in his schoolwork and he is just 
it's been it's been wonderful. And how often do you go for scans at this point? So at this point, we go every four months for scans. Yeah. So he'll go again after the, the first of the year. So he's just living his best life doing calculus. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of odd because now it's like everything's normal again. Um, he is still in hospital homebound just because his immune system's low. And of course, COVID came. <laughs> And so we have that part. So we're homeschooling and we're hanging out at home and we're looking up fun stuff to go do. And it's been, it's been awesome to be on the the other side. Congratulations on that. That's right. Absolutely. Chase, I really just appreciate, I love that how positive you are and how you are, I don't know how you value community. And I love all the cool ideas that you came up and you were just like, we're going to make this fun and we're going to make this work. And I know that that, I know that's not easy when you're wrestling a six-year-old into the car that doesn't want to get in the car. So I think you're amazing. And I just really appreciate that you took the time today to tell us a little bit of your story and Theo's story. And um, we wish you guys the very best. Congratulations. You get to do calculus at Christmas, I guess, is the plan, right? right. (laughs) Probably. Well, thanks for taking the time today to talk to us. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. It's always really helpful, I think, to hear from someone who's further down the road than you are, Mm -hmm. especially in this kind of a journey. So I hope that Chase's story will encourage those of you who are listening today who might be newer to this childhood cancer world. Yeah, it's so true. Just the hindsight, we can learn so much. And, uh, And that's why we share these stories, you know, so we'd love your help to keep sharing them both as we wind down season three on the podcast and then start to gear up for season four. So if you could make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast, that's going to make sure you don't ever miss an episode. And then while you're in there, be sure to rate and review. That's going to help others find us and understand what is this podcast all about. Your comments are going to help folks to want to listen and hear more about how this can help them in their journey. Thank you guys for doing that. And we will see you back here next week on the Lighthouse Podcast.